So every once in a while, an idea pops into my head that's usually sparked by some kind of an experience that I've had or an interaction with someone that I meet or because of a writing project I'm working on. And that was the case with the story you're about to hear. It took me 20 years to write my book, Whatever Happened to Mr. Duncan, because I couldn't figure out how to finish it. It's a book about childhood memories and games and activities, and frankly, it was probably the most enjoyable writing project I've ever undertaken. In fact, I have a feeling that the reason it took me 20 years to complete it was simply because I, I frankly just didn't want it to end. Anyway, this story, Porch Swing Dreams, is part of Duncan. I hope you enjoy it. It was a muggy summer night, moist and sparkling with fireflies, and Hannah's chair was squeaking. It squeaked each time she rocked forward, each time she rocked back. Forward, back, squeak, squeak. The porch swing squeaked too, but in a drawn-out sort of way, more like a snore. Rose and Ellen sat side by side in the swing, their feet pointed straight forward, hands folded neatly in their laps. They looked like statues or characters in a Grant Wood painting. Rose's feet hung on the end of long, thin legs partially hidden behind the porch railing. Ellen's legs didn't quite touch the ground. On the white wicker table between them, cold glasses of iced tea sweated in the sticky heat, making rings on the tabletop. Ice clinked and muttered in the tall glasses in syncopation with the porch swing. Overhead, a bat swooped, squeaked faintly, took a mosquito. A symphony of soprano crickets and baritone toads added to the chorus. Hannah, Rose, and Ellen had been close friends for nearly 70 years. They grew up in this town, shared teachers, boyfriends, and deepest secrets, and had rarely betrayed each other. They married the same year, had their first children the same year, bought houses near each other, and grew old and comfortable together. When their husbands died, all within two years of one another, that old closeness sustained them through the rough times and cemented a lifelong friendship. Almost every evening in the summer, after they had eaten dinner and tended to gardens and laundry, they gathered on Hannah's broad front porch to watch the evening pass. They lived in a quiet neighborhood that had gracefully grown old with small, comfortable houses, well-tended lawns, and flower beds that smelled richly of well-tilled, earthy soil, especially when the dews settled in the evening or after a rain. The trees, sycamores mostly, had large, heavy trunks, scarred deeply but proudly with the hearts and arrows and proclamations of long-forgotten loves. Their dense green canopy whispered quietly overhead, a verdant nave that shaded and hushed the street. Shortly after dinner time. Young couples came out to walk, with small children in strollers and pedal cars, or pulled behind in red wagons. They always waved politely at the three women as they chased toddlers and fire trucks and tricycles. Next were the couples with older children, relieved to have a few quiet moments alone. The kids were home watching television or off at friends' houses for the evening. They were usually oblivious to the women on the porch, wrapped up in each other as they usually were, by the time they came out, it was late dusk, and the light had faded to monochrome twilight, a charcoal sketch of muted grays. Rose always nodded when they walked by. They rarely noticed. Next were the joggers, the fast walkers, the free-roaming dogs. As soon as darkness fell and the street lights came on, out they came, 
The joggers wrapped in their own little iPod worlds, the walkers marching along like British sergeant majors swinging their arms, all dressed in designer-made, tight-fitting clothes. They were oblivious to Hannah, Rose, and Ellen. The pets ran their mysterious patrols, ducking in and out of inky backyards and dense hedges and shrubs. They were certainly aware of the three women, but rarely showed it. It was about this time every evening that Mary Hubble passed by, walking Walter, her immensely overweight basset hound. They could hear her coming down the sidewalk, her slip-ons flip-flopping on the warm cement, the dog's nails clicking in rapid cadence as it waddled to keep up, its ears mopping the sidewalk. Hannah didn't like Mary, and Mary didn't like Hannah. Neither could remember why. It had to do with something that had happened years before, now long forgotten. Hannah had always harbored a sneaking suspicion that Mary fancied her husband. In fact, she would swear that she once saw Mary wink at George on one of their frequent walks years before. George had seen it, too. He'd started acting silly and tongue-tied like a schoolboy. Mary had smiled at both of them, but the smile lingered on George's face. Hannah smacked George on the back of his head and kept walking. It still irked her. Sure enough, here came Mary her early warning flip-flops slapping a rhythm on the sidewalk. Reaching Hannah's yard, she paused to let Walter squat on Hannah's grass. Looking up, she feigned surprise at the sight of the three women sitting on the porch. Somewhere in the neighborhood, a dog barked noisily. Evening, ladies, she smiled, glancing down at the dog still squatting on the lawn. Lovely night for a walk. Huh, said Hannah, crossing her arms. The other two said nothing, their eyes following Mary as she walked on down the sidewalk. "'Well, good night, then,' she called out faintly, disappearing behind the juniper hedge that divided Hannah's property from the house next door. "'That damn dog pees on my yard every night,' Hannah grasped. "'Some people just have no manners.' Rose looked up, smiling. "'Seems to me it's the dog that needs a lesson in manners. I mean, I don't see Mary squatting in your yard, although I'd like to.' That got a laugh out of all three of them as they sat back and contemplated the image. I'd take a picture and share it with the neighbors, squealed Ellen, slapping her hands in her lap. Suddenly Rose silenced them all with a shush. Here they come, she whispered excitedly. Quiet! It was completely dark now, and the hush of night had fallen over the neighborhood. The youngest children were tucked in bed. The adults settled down with each other in front of the TV, drinks in their hands. Most porch lights were out. The crickets sang a bit more slowly now as the evening air cooled. Hannah's porch light was turned off to discourage mosquitoes and for another far more important reason. It was time for the last shift of the evening. From all over the neighborhood, children began to arrive singly, in pairs, and in small gaggly groups. They converged on the house across the street and stood on the lawn in a small sloppy circle. Dinner was over, and with an hour or two left before bedtime, the older kids in the neighborhood always gathered for night games. Tonight, it was to be flashlight tag, for every child was dressed in black, like ninjas in training, each one carrying a flashlight. Every night, Hannah, Rose, and Ellen watched. Some nights, the children played a series of games, like Red Light, Green Light, or Statues, or Mother May I. Other nights, a single game like hide-and-seek occupied them until their parents called for the fourth and apparently final time. Hannah and her friends had watched the games every night that summer, completely unobserved. They had learned the rules and often conferred quietly among themselves about the fairness of a particular child's actions, 
like golf announcers. There was no way to predict what each evening's game would be, either, but it didn't matter. This was the part of the evening that the three friends held out for every night. By the time the children came out to play, the tea in their glasses was long gone, the ice melted, but they didn't notice. You see, the evening game was a time machine. At the beginning of the summer, when the children first shed their winter chrysalises and ventured outside to play, their summer wings spread against the dark, Hannah and her friends had resented the noise they made. Over time, though, they came to enjoy the excitement and developed a secret interest from the anonymity of the dark porch. They were anthropologists observing the play behavior of young animals and remembering when they were young animals. And soon, watching became a habit, and they looked forward to it. From the mists of long-forgotten memories, the games brought back good times, smiles of remembrance, and the occasional tear of opportunity lost. Flashlight tag, said Ellen absent-mindedly. She watched the kids, but her gaze was on something far, far away. Children scattered to the far corners of three yards, their hiding places betrayed by muffled giggles, an occasional flash of blonde hair, nervous fingers on flashlight buttons. A young girl named Shirley was it. She was running around the yard, waving her flashlight wildly in hopes of illuminating a carelessly hidden enemy. Another bat swooped through the porch in pursuit of insects. Crickets chirped. Somewhere, a sprinkler system sputtered to life. "'Did we ever have that much fun?' asked Hannah, quietly, almost whispering. The other two looked over at her, their swings stopped. "'Did we ever play games like that?' Rose looked at Hannah, her white hair glowing softly. "'Well, of course we did,' she replied. "'We played Capture the Flag and Red Rover and... "'Oh, you remember that game with the ball? "'What was it called? "'That game we played when Rodney Wilkins "'got smacked in the nose with that stick?' "'Ellen chuckled. "'Stoop ball.' That was stoop ball, remember? We played over at Grandma Perkins' house. Why, I haven't thought about that in years. She started the swing rocking again, slowly, slowly, the chains groaning out a quiet rhythm. Hannah rocked a little, squeaking a little. I guess I never expected to get old, she muttered with just a trace of resentment in her voice. Now here now, who are you calling old, snapped Rose, stamping her foot on the porch. A large moth flitted off the railing, bumping gently into Ellen's face. "'Rose is right, Hannah,' said Ellen, brushing away the moth. "'Why, we walk every day. "'We play rummy and sometimes bingo on Saturday night. "'We even go on vacations together.' "'Hannah exhaled loudly. "'Across the street, the kids had gathered in a group again, "'apparently starting round two. "'The first parent's voice wafted from a distance "'like a Turkish call to prayer. "'In keeping with protocol, the kids heard but ignored the voice.' But we are old, said Hannah, leaning forward. I mean, when was the last time we did something really fun? Those are, well, those are old people things. We walk like all the other old people, smiling and nodding at each other like that stupid little dog that Mary has in the back window of her Cadillac. We play cards with old people, yell bingo with old people, and vacation with old people. But I don't want to be an old person. I want to be young, but I'm afraid I've forgotten how. And what scares me? is that I'm not sure I'll ever remember. Have we lost that forever? Will we ever again have the same kind of fun that those kids are having? Her lifelong friends sat in awkward silence. Even the crickets had gone quiet. Across the street, the second, third, and fourth parental ultimatums had been issued, and the knot of children was beginning to unravel as they trudged home. Only a small group of boys remained. 
They stood together, talking in voices too low to be heard, conspiring. Giggling, hushing each other, they skulked off to the hedge that separated the yard they were in from the house next door. They squatted down and appeared to engage in an argument, an argument settled by rock, paper, scissors. One of the boys lost, and he scuttled off into the shadows and disappeared, only to reappear in front of the house next door. Looking back at his friends, he hesitated momentarily, then sprinted up to the front door, paused, and rang the doorbell. Turning, he ran from the porch at breakneck speed, slipping twice in the dewy grass before reaching the safety of the dark hedge. Just as he slipped into the darkness, the door opened, silhouetting Ken Hill, the father of one of the girls who had been playing earlier. Looking around, he muttered to himself, then closed the door with a click. The boys muffled their laughter with their hands before scuttling down the street. Hannah, Rose, and Ellen watched the event unfold without saying a word. As the boys disappeared, Hannah made disapproving noises with her tongue. Now, why in the world would those boys do such a thing? After all the fun they just had playing, why would they go and do something like that? Why, that's just disrespectful and rude. Ellen and Rose looked over at Hannah, sitting there with her arms crossed, her rocker still. Why, just for fun, Hannah, said Rose, chuckling. Remember, Anna Hill lives in that house, and those boys are at the age when the best way to get a girl's attention is to drive her crazy. Besides, didn't you ever knock on a door and run when you were a child? Certainly not, retorted Hannah. We played games that didn't bother anybody. Why, Ken Hill was irritated by that. I could see it from here. What a mean thing to do to a neighbor. Suddenly, Rose started to chuckle. And then she laughed out loud. Why, Hannah, she chuckled, haven't you ever wanted to do something like that to somebody just for fun? Hannah looked over at her. The only person I've ever wanted to do something mean to was Mary Hubble and that fat dog of hers for pooping and peeing in my yard. I just want to give her a piece of my mind sometimes. Well, come on, Hannah, said Rose, pushing herself slowly to her feet. Let's go give her a piece of your mind. Hannah stood up, a quizzical look on her face. Ellen stood, too, a slow smile spreading across her face. Rose, are you going to do what I think you're going to do? No, replied Rose. I'm not going to do anything. But Hannah is. Hannah looked first at Rose, then at Ellen, as comprehension slowly dawned on her face. Oh, no. We can't do this. Ellen, Rose, are you listening to me? But they couldn't hear her. They were already halfway across the yard, stepping through the shadow figures cast by the sycamores. Rose! Ellen! she hissed. But they were already walking down the sidewalk, heading for Mary's house. And they were giggling. Muttering to herself, Hannah tried to catch up, moving as quickly as her aching bones would carry her. This was late for them. They should have been in bed an hour ago. Tomorrow morning they'd walk at 7.30, their usual time, and it would come awfully early if they didn't get to sleep. Hannah caught up to them at the hedge that divided Mary Hubble's yard from the yard between Hannah's and Mary's. There was a bird bath in Mary's yard and one of those stupid plastic flamingos. Birds never came to the bird bath, something she complained about regularly. Hannah liked to think they were scared away by the flamingo. Just what is it you plan to do out here, she demanded, knowing full well what they were planning. Do you have any idea what time it is? Hush, Hannah, she'll hear you, admonished Ellen. Now all you have to do is run up onto the porch, ring the bell, and run back here. Hannah looked at her two friends, their lined and wrinkled faces smiling back at her, their eyes bright and shining. 
You two have lost your minds, she muttered, shaking her head. Her arthritis had been acting up lately, and her hands were aching ever so slightly. She hadn't run in, what, years? And now her lunatic friends wanted her to do so for this silly prank. It really was crazy, and yet... Oh, all right, I'll do it, she suddenly blurted, not really knowing what pushed her over the edge at just that moment. Turning, she peered around the hedge at Mary's dark porch, the only light coming from the tiny orange glow of the doorbell. That was her target. Bending over slightly, she began to walk quickly toward the porch, her white sneakers glowing in the darkness, excited and mortified over the prospect of getting caught. Reaching the steps, she looked back at the hedge where Ellen and Rose waited. They waved their arms and whispered loudly, encouraging her onward. What am I doing, she thought. She was 78 years old, as content and comfortable with her life as she was supposed to be at her age, and yet here she was getting ready to play a stupid trick on her neighbor. It's finally happening. I'm going crazy, she thought. Shaking her head as she came back to the moment, she realized that she was standing with her finger poised over the faintly glowing button. Turning, she surreptitiously looked over her left shoulder, then over her right, to make sure she was alone. No one was on the street except for the two crazy-as-loons-old women waiting in the bushes. Taking a deep breath, Hannah pushed the button. The bell rang with a loudness that startled her, like an old telephone, as if it would wake the entire neighborhood, and for a moment, she froze. She heard her friend's frantic voices telling her to run, but she couldn't. She just stood there. Suddenly, Mary's basset hound began to bark somewhere in the house, and the noise galvanized Hannah into geriatric action. She heard movement as Mary rousted herself from whatever she was doing and started for the door. Hannah turned and descended the three steps as quickly as her legs would carry her, crossing the wet grass, leaving telltale footprints in the dew as she headed for the protective darkness behind the hedge. Just as she got there, Mary jerked open the door and turned on the porch light. She stood there in a frilly pink housecoat with curlers in her hair and big fuzzy slippers on her feet, looking puzzled and more than a little annoyed. Her rotund hound waddled out and stood between her feet, let loose with a half-hearted howl, and then turned and wandered back into the house. The three friends watched her, trying very hard to keep quiet. It was very hard. Mary looked left and right, up and down the street, muttering to herself in a voice that they couldn't quite hear. And then, in a voice they could hear, she hollered, Damn kids! and slammed the door. When the porch light went out, Hannah, Ellen, and Rose exploded in laughter. Standing, their old bones groaning from the stress of squatting for so long, they walked as quickly as they could, crossed the street, and stood in Ellen's front yard, whispering excitedly to each other and trying not to laugh too loud. Your face, giggled Ellen. You should have seen your face when that dog barked. Well, I don't think I've ever seen anything so funny. Hannah smiled and then laughed out loud. My lands, I don't believe we just did that at our age. What is wrong with us, she said, shaking her head. The others just laughed. Why, there's nothing wrong with us, laughed Rose, hugging her friend. We're just three old friends out having a good time. Ellen joined in the hug, and the three of them stood there for what seemed the longest time, listening to the night sounds and enjoying the closeness of timeless friendship. Suddenly, at their feet, there was a hiss, and without warning, Ellen's sprinkler system came to life. 
They were standing in the middle of the yard and there was no place to run. By the time they reached the sidewalk, they were soaked. Laughing, they began to walk toward Ellen's house when suddenly Hannah giggled loudly and turned away. Where are you going, Hannah? Ellen whispered loudly. I've got towels for you. Come in and dry off before you go home. You'll catch your death. Looking back at her friends, Hannah smiled and then turned and looked at Mary Hubble's house, now dark once again. She looked at Mary's porch, at the faintly glowing doorbell, at the bushes and hedges and whispering sycamores in the front yard. Her gaze paused for a long time on the trees and their gently swaying branches. Turning to Rose and Ellen, wearing what could only be described as an evil smile, she said, I'll be right back. Stopping to look at Mary's trees again, she whispered, Wait here. I'm going to get a couple of rolls of toilet tissue. Porch Swing Dreams from my book, Whatever Happened to Mr. Duncan. I hope you enjoyed it. For the Natural Curiosity Project, I'm Steve Shepard. Thank you for listening.